This is Corey Gray and Tony Stewart from Hairdistry. Thank you for tuning in to the Hairdressers Podcast. Now here's a word from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Introducing Norm Self-Checkout for All. Do you often find yourself in a tizzy with a credit card reader? Or perhaps tiptoeing around tipping etiquette? Maybe even paying scandalously steep card not present fees? Norm is here to solve it all. Think of Norm as payment simplified. No card reader for you. No wallet for your client. Instead, patrons pay and tip you straight from their phones. Checkout details are carried through the ether by either a text message or QR code. Your client receives a notification and pays with their previously saved card details. All they have to do is add a grand, luxurious gratuity. And all available with one low rate as a part of Schedulicity Pay. Try Norm Self Checkout for All. Safe, secure, and shockingly simple. Find out how using Norm can increase tips, speed up payment, and free you from unreliable card readers all at one low rate. Visit paywithnorm.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, and this amazing podcast is brought to you by Schedulicity. Welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. Of course, I'm sitting with my best friend, Tony. What's up, man? What's going on, brother? How you doing, man? I'm doing really, really well, man. Dude, you know, I'm kind of excited for our podcast today, man. I'm really excited about our podcast. It's, 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 it's a rare opportunity when we can kind of bring a friend on to the podcast and who has so much to offer. I mean, I'll say the world, you know? Yeah, you know, we've known him since he was uh, a young, young man, and uh, uh-huh. to see him evolve and make such a positive impact in uh, other people's lives is pretty um, impressive. It's pretty impressive, and not in an offensive way, but kind of I didn't see it happening. Like I didn't like we. So, so our guest, our, our guest today is Adam Bradley, and for all transparency, uh, we've known Adam for I think we just figured out twenty years, and um, and we met on a football field. So I got you guys probably didn't realize that you know you and I were big football players. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's a joke. We were anything but big football players, but we had a we had a men's team, and 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 we needed a quarterback, and Adam came and played. Um, quarterback for us uh, but he was like he was a mere 18 years old or something when we met him yeah and, and it's funny because you know like any other 18 it's you know most most 18 year olds you know it, they're always looking inward what about me it's about me it's all about me mm-hmm. and then to be able to see an 18 year old you know grow up and then see that you know term not only about me now he's pouring out and it's about you you know to see that evolution and to see somebody kind of like flip their life around like that and then start pouring into other people you know what i mean it's like i I don't know like i said it in the beginning it's pretty impressive it's very impressive and and you know thank goodness for um for social media because i've actually been able to keep my eye on adam for the last 20 years and and just to watch it's just it's really interesting to watch the evolution of a man you know, and, and, you know, Adam's done that. So Adam, um, Adam has a, has a leadership program. And, and, and as you know, we try, we're trying to look for people from all, all industry, all whatever to, uh, that, that can help our industry out. And, and I think that, that certainly in these days, there's no better time for, for, the, for leadership talk than, um, than right now. Um, Adam's program is called lead them up, which by the way, I love the name of it. So, um, Adam Bradley is, I guess the founders, whatever we'll get into it. Um, but you know, he, he found it lead them up and, and, and what he's doing is, um, he's, he's helping young athletes, um, with, well, again, we'll get into it. I don't, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but, but, um, but he's also, he, he also has been working with corporations. I know he's been working with, uh, with Chick-fil-A, which is amazing to me because however you feel about Chick-fil-A, 
their leadership and their programs are amazing. You know, if you ever, you know, you, you go to Chick-fil-A and there's 1,800 cars in line and, you, and for some reason you're out of there in three minutes. I have no idea how they do it, but yeah. they do it, you know. It's, it's the one time you're not intimidated by that. It ain't Costco's line where you're like, I'm going to be here all day. You know, it's like right. you're there and you're like, you know, I'm going to be through here in, in just a moment. So should we get in? Yeah, let's do it, brother. So, uh, so Mr. Adam Bradley, man, w- welcome and, and thanks for the friendship over the years and congratulations on all that you're doing. Hey, appreciate the honor, the honor to be on the show and, and reconnect with you all in this setting. Obviously, we talk on social media and we run into each other occasionally, but to be able to come and join your platform, uh, I'm excited for it. So appreciate it. And it was fun just listening to you all kind of reflect back on our relationship over these 20 years. And Tony, you nailed it, right? Like 18-year-olds tend to be all about themselves. And, and I was so all about myself at that time. And I'm embarrassed in many ways how arrogant and cocky and selfish I was when we first connected feels like decades ago, which it was thankfully. But anyways, I'm excited to jump in with you guys. Well, Adam, we're, we're super excited to have you. And you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to back up a little bit because I will tell you that, that Adam as arrogant and as cocky and, and all that stuff that you were, you've always had a soul. There's always been something under that, you know? Um, and, 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 and we saw it and, and, you know, it's, and you probably know now, you know, you see, you see things differently in young people than they see themselves, you know, and, and we definitely saw that in you. I mean, yeah, we had to get through the brashness of Adam, but, but we knew that it was there. It was like, it, you were interesting to me because on the field, you were as cocky and as confident as anything, but walking off the field to our car, there was a different Adam there and there was soul and there was, there was, there, there was, there was a man there, you know I mean? So I lied when I said like it was unsuspected, but, but I mean, certainly the, the leader, the leadership program was, but, but, but certainly knowing that you would, you would turn out to be, to be a hell of a man. Um, th- that definitely was seen early on. Yeah. I think it's interesting, you know, just the shift there, at the time, you know, I was creating havoc on the sideline. Now for a living, I create harmony on the sideline. Okay. Like, I mean, we, you mentioned David, who was also part of the, the group and good friends with you guys. I mean, he and I had it out so many times over the years, but, you know, and now I'm responsible to help, you know, from a team setting to your point, Corey, like let help people figure out the best inside of them. Right. And, and try to try to shine a light on, on that part of them and let them know like, Hey, this is actually the cool way to approach life. Okay. You know, I think the one thing for me back then, and even today, you know, people are more concerned with being cool than being great. Okay. They've got this like desire to be cool and it influences everything they do. They, who they hang out with, how they talk, how they walk. It's all about trying to be cool. But like, it's, especially with the younger group that I work with, it's when you become great, right? That's when you really become cool. Okay. And, and for so many young people trying to get them to understand and shift what is cool, right? Like at the time, you know, just me showing up and, and doing my thing and just being all about me. I felt like that was the cool thing, right? It, being a good teammate, right? Being a good leader, right? Encouraging others. That wasn't viewed as cool back then, and it's not viewed as cool in many eyes of young people today, but trying to get them to see and shift their perspective of, man, hey, you know what? If we love our teammates, that's pretty cool, man, mm-hmm. right? If we can encourage them, that's pretty cool. And look what happens when we do. We get better. And then when we get better and we, we become more great, that's even cooler, you know? So like really just shift in perspective. And I've had that shift of perspective over the last couple of decades in my life. Yeah, it's unfortunate that that we don't, necessarily get that until until we get a little older right because when you're young it's everything is internal you're looking inside for everything right it's you know how can it benefit me how can i you know what am i what am i going to get out of this what how is it going to affect me so i can succeed it's always in and and then you know especially with this podcast we learned that you know so many people when you look outward and when you're helping others when you're lifting others up that is the feeling to be able to help somebody and lift them up and see them get to where they want to go is much more empowering than, and you know, than the other way around. Yeah. It produces a double bottom line is what I say in the business world, right? We're always trying to grow our bottom line. When you do it that way, you, you, you increase a double bottom line because you help them grow and you grow, right? So now you're multiplying the growth. 
Okay. Whereas if I'm just focused on myself, I may be growing, but for me, and, and that's one way so much is how you frame things. So when I'm speaking with young people, you know, young people, they, they do have this thing. Oh, I'm trying to win. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Right. Like that's a cool notion. Okay. All right. That's cool. Well, like, how do I increase your winning? Oh, let me, let me give you an idea. Hey, go love your teammate, go support them, go push them, go, go build them up. Oh, and then they'll win. And as they're winning, they'll help you win more. So now you both are winning. Now we're increasing the wins. Oh, you really want to win? Well, let me show you how to really win. Okay. So it, it's a double bottom line. It's the best way to approach life. It's the best way to approach the workplace. It's the best way to approach the team environment. So Adam, what are the pillars? I mean, you know, you said that you've had this perspective change, like, like what are the pillars or what are you teaching young people to kind of give them that, that, um, perception change? Like, like what, what, what are the conversations that you're having with, with, with your, with your athletes or, I mean, back up a little bit, or, you know, when you talk to, when you talk to corporate America, when you're, when you're doing leadership program, um, uh, uh, keynotes with them, what's that conversation as far as uh, perspective change? Yeah, I think there's a lot of things, right? Um, there, there's a lot of different approaches. You know, we believe, you know, better people make better athletes, but in the workplace, better people make better employees. So a lot of times we get placed into this team building genre, okay? Like, I'll oh, lead them up team building. We think that's a backwards approach. I actually don't know how to build a team without building people, okay? It's when you build the people, the people build the team. So for us, we're all about just improving and getting the reps and inquiring the skills to be better people, okay? And when we begin talking about better people, we speak about some of the, the pillars there. We're talking about being more relationship-focused, okay? Some of us have that natural gift of relationship building. Others need to acquire the skill in relationship building. And it is a skill. People say, how do you teach relationship building? Well, you teach strategy, okay? So we'll do things like, for example, um, and this is just one example. We, we obviously speak on a lot of things, but relationships are a huge part of it, right? So we certainly spend a lot of time on relationships. You know, we've got an exercise called going for the gold that we teach, right? Gold represents a connection. It's a gold mine, okay? So, Corey, you and I, you and I are coworkers, and, and we find out we have a connection. That's a gold mine. And why is it a gold mine? Because it's valuable. Okay, man, we both share this in common. Oh, you play football in a men's league? Oh, I play football in a men's league. Oh, that's a gold mine. Double clap. Okay. Why is that a gold mine? Because it's valuable. Now we need to invest that gold to make the relationship richer. So we teach our staff members, we teach our athletes how to invest that gold to actually enrich the relationship. Because Corey and I could be a coworker and have never met each other, but find out one day we have this shared gold mine of men's league football. And if we are intentional to invest it correctly, within a couple of weeks, we could move our relationship from what we call we cool to my guy, right? Like a couple weeks ago, yeah, we're cool. Yeah, we're cool, right? We're cool. A couple of weeks later, just off one shared gold mine, if invested correctly, now all of a sudden me and Corey, man, oh, that's my guy. That's my guy. Just by doing a lot of little intentional things along the way to kind of grow that little connection and build and build and build and build. Okay. That's a skill. We teach them how to actually search for gold better, right? Because gold is never found on the surface. It's always found beneath it. You got to go mining for gold, digging for gold, right? Most people don't find gold mines just sitting above. It's usually below. That's why you've got the little gold finders, right? And things like that. So we teach them how do we go a little bit deeper than the surface because that's where the gold is we teach them things like gold mining questions for example on a monday rather than asking somebody how was your weekend which we all do right which gives us all the same generic response of oh it was good it was good how was yours oh it was good oh that's good that's cool right and then off you go right <laughs> surface level no depth to the relationship instead flip it to a gold mining question which is Hey, what was the highlight of your weekend? Now, all of a sudden, they have to lead you to a place that could be a potential gold mine. Oh, I went to a concert. Oh, yeah, who'd you see? Oh, my gosh, dude, I love them. I didn't know you liked them. Now, boom, gold mine, 
okay? We begin to teach these little strategies to help you become more relationship focused. The relationships in the workplace allow us to lead each other greater because so often we don't lead each other well when we don't know the other person like that. Mm. We say that, oh, I don't really know them like that. And we step back and we don't really address them. We don't really coach them. We don't really challenge them. We don't really go out of our way because we don't know them like that. Okay, so now we need to know each other like that. And when we do, it increases our leadership as well as creates a healthier environment, what we call the green team, which is our overarching goal of what we try to build. The green team is money. The green team is special. And that's what we try to do. But unfortunately, not all of us land in the green because on our teams, we've got grays and we've got reds. Our big foundational exercise, guys, is called the green team. Our goal is to do everything we can to remove the red. Reds are toxic, negative, complainers, challenging, all that stuff, right? They cause an unhealthy work environment. The grays are those individuals who show up, they do their job, right? They do just enough to get by. They can maintain long-term employment, okay? They don't really ruffle any feathers. They just kind of show up and do their job, okay? Unfortunately, grays, who most of us in the workplace are gray, right? We show up and we just do our job, collect our check, right? You know, we're cordial with everybody. We're friendly with everyone. That's cool. The problem is you can't really build a special environment with grays because they only do just enough. They never go above and beyond. They like their job, but they don't love it, right? They're committed to their job, but they're not all in, right? They're willing to reach out and help others, but they don't go out of their way to do it, okay? So like there's a, there's a healthiness there, but it's lacking the full potential. So within Lead Em Up, one of the things we say is we want to build a green team. We want to be green and build green. We want to remove the red. We want to sway those in the gray, move them into the green where we can really create a special environment, a special workplace. And then you do that by way of building relationships. You do that by way of working on your communication. You do that by improving your ability to follow well. We talk a lot about followership because a great follower is a leader's best friend. It's always hard. It's not fun to lead people who don't want to be led or who are challenging the lead. So you got to work on that. So There's so many different ways and things we talk about, but everything we do talk about, we put it through this filter. It's called the MPS filter, memorable, portable, and sticky. Are the things that I'm about to share memorable? Will you be able to remember the the lesson, the concept, the, the teaching track, whatever? Is it portable? Can it be taken and used within the workplace? Can it be done around the chairs in the salon, right? Can it be used in different areas? Is it portable? And then are we teaching with stickiness? Are we using concepts, phrases, and lessons that stick to the hearts of our students, our athletes, and our employees? And everything we do, so that's why I like going for the gold and gold mine, green team, right? It's sticky. We talk about in communication, sugar and salt in the workplace, sugar, gentleness, respect, kindness, and love. We need to communicate with that. But there are times where we need to communicate with a little salt, right? We got to tell somebody what's up. We got to give them the truth, right? We got to hold them accountable. You got to, well, how do we incorporate sugar and salt? How do we balance the two? When's it appropriate to sprinkle salt? When should we lean with sugar? We teach all this stuff. It's memorable, portable, and sticky. And that's where I think we differentiate ourselves. Sorry, I went off on a little tangent there, guys. But oh, it's awesome. I want to back up a little bit, uh, Adam. And I've actually, it's, I just have a, a kind of a question, or, or uh, I'll throw it out there. Have you ever heard of the Ben Franklin factor? Like the historic Ben Franklin? Historic Ben Franklin? No, I haven't. So he was a politician, right? And we we, we all know that you know he, he had a whole career in politics. Well, you know, he had to get something passed um, through the, the Congressional Congress. And, and, and the one that was holding it up was his arch enemy, right? And he was like, or at, at, not enemy, but you know what I'm saying, at, anti, antagonist, his, his, his antagonist. And, and Ben Franklin was like, I got to get to this guy. And what he did is like he could fight this guy. Right. Which isn't going to get him anywhere. Or he had to befriend this guy. And what he did is he went against the grain. And what he knew was this guy had an incredible library at home. So what he did is he went and he borrowed a book from him. 
Hey, Tony, can I borrow a book? I know you've got this book. I know it's awesome. And I know that, that you've got this great collection. I really need this book. Can, would you, can I, can I borrow it? Now this is, this is his like antagonist, right? And what he did is he kind of broke through to, through that guy and the guy lent him the book. And now all of a sudden they, they have a kinship. Now all of a sudden they have it. They have, you were talking about like commonalities or grabbing the gold. And what yeah. Ben Franklin did is he used this to his advantage. And now they've got a kin, kinship and they were able to talk in a different level other than me against you. Right. And, and, and he used this and, and, and he used this and then he was able to create a friendship with this guy, a kinship with this guy. And then he was able to kind of move his, move his, uh, move his uh, bill through, through the congressional Congress. And I'll tell you, Adam, it's not just that. Cause I've actually used that. I've used I've used that technique um, and I've knowingly used it, which I feel a little bit guilty. But but I just wanted to kind of see if it works. So there was somebody at work that we were good. Right. Like you said, you know, we were good. You know, but we, were, we, were, cool. we were cool. Right. But we weren't we weren't we weren't close. So what I did is I couldn't borrow a book. But what I could do is that she had an incredible knowledge about one thing in hairdressing. She she had this incredible knowledge. And I go, can I borrow your time? Right. Can I borrow your time? Because you are so good at this. If I could borrow a couple minutes of your time and you could teach me how to do this, that would be pretty awesome. And sure enough, she did. And what it did is it kind of it lit up our relationship at work. Now, instead of just like now, you know, we both go out of our ways to say good morning. We both go out of our ways to say good night. But but that relationship wasn't there before. And now, like now, it's just easy street with her. You know, again, I don't I don't want to be we weren't enemies by any means, but just there was nothing there. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that, that yeah. is a real to another level. It, it yeah, totally it did. Another level. And it's a great technique. And it's a technique that you can you can Google it. You know, the Ben Franklin factor. You can Google it. And, and it's an actual strategy. It's an actual strategy that that, that people use. And, so, and what you were saying about the about the goal kind of reminded me of that. I go, you know what? This is where the Ben Franklin factor kind of fits in. It, it plays along the lines of something we call delayed accountability The in the spirit of it, like. There'll be a lot of times I'll be working with teams or coworkers and they'll talk about wanting to bring something up to a coworker, for example, or to a teammate. And, and I'll ask them in many ways when they're saying like, how should I approach it? How should I approach that person? And I always say, okay, well, let's start. Like, how's your relationship? Okay. Like I need to know the relationship. Is it someone you know, like that? Don't know like that, all that. And many times to Corey, your point with this Ben Franklin approach, if they say they don't really know them like that, I say, okay, you need to practice delayed accountability, meaning over the next couple of weeks, I need you to just go for the gold. I need you to develop a relationship. I need you to find that kinship that you just talked about. I need you, I need you to just spend some time over the next few weeks getting to know that person, right? Go find some gold. We will come back to the accountability in a few weeks, but I don't want you to bring it up right now because it won't go over as well as it could if we wait a little bit, if we build that relationship, right? Like, it's almost that same point, Corey, like, let's strategize a little bit so we can work smart, not hard, okay? Like Ben Franklin would have had to work really hard to convince that guy to buy into his bill, but he's like, all right, no, let's work smart here. Maybe if I build a friendship, not, and I don't think he was disingenuous, Mm -mm. right? I I think he just realized like, this is probably the healthier way to approach the situation. Why don't I like actually build a friendship, get to know this person? Maybe this person will see me differently and know my motives differently and understand where I'm coming from and understand this bill, right? Same thing with the teammate. Hey, don't, don't call them out yet. Don't call them out yet. I know, I know there's some things you want to bring up. They're always late. You know, they're, they're, they're <laughs> this goes back to the salt and sugar, right? It's time, it's time to lay down some sugar. Yeah. Yeah. We need to lean with sugar. And then we'll listen, we're going to sprinkle some salt here in a little bit, but we're not ready to put that in the recipe. Okay. It's not ready yet. Okay. We need the sugar to cook a little bit. Salt will come in. Because if you pour salt in an open wound that is too fresh, it will burn, okay? It's not the right timing. So, yeah, absolutely. Wait, hey, great play in there, Corey, to throw sugar and salt in there. <laughs> kind of reminds me of uh, Remember the Titans. Remember they put they 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 put the black the black athletes in 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 rooms with the white athletes, and they and they were kind of forced to get to know each other and kind of and, and, and live in their commonality, not in their difference. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, because that reminds me, like, I did that when I had a friend that wanted to start a podcast, and I really didn't know him all that well, so I I, f- I got to know him, <laughs> so he would offer me a position in this uh, show that he started, so... Now here you are. Now right. here we are. <laughs> I, I love that one, dude. I, I love that uh, kind of uh, approach to it. 
Yeah, you know? I mean that. As you were explaining it, uh, you know, it, I, I totally see that. I, I totally, especially when it comes to our industry, because a lot of times hairdressers are like can be like what we talked about earlier, like mine. It's you know what I mean. It's my secret. It's it's my formula, mm-hmm. and to. Uh, to, to get them to to open up and, and and when you become their friend they you know they're willing to share they're willing so there's, there's a little bit of gold mining uh, that especially in our industry is so important because it, we are much better as a group it's a also team. what it does is it kind of removes like ego out of it right like like if you and I have like like tension or not even tension but but just something in the in there we've all been there where you just, there's just something between us it kind of just gives like Okay, well, there's no ego here, right? Because all I'm asking you for is a favor, and then and then according to the Ben Franklin factor, you know, as it's been researched as well, is that literally something chemically changes in your brain. Once I've asked you for something, now I'm almost uh, subordinate to you. Now something in your brain changes and go, oh, okay, well, this is a decent person because he's looking to me for advice, you know, and he's he's making me whatever. But but th- there's really no ego in that, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah. just it. I'm going to start gold mining more often. I'm definitely. So, I mean, well, some people do it naturally. Like I am a gold miner just when I wake up. I mean, I just do it all day, every day. And I've absolutely trained myself and, and I can, I can play, I play, I play pickup on Saturday. And like, I just, one of my teammates on my pickup, never met the guy, but like within five minutes, found a couple pieces of gold. All of a sudden we're boys. Right. I used one of my other little tactics of, I have a little secret, you know, where Oh, hey, what's your name, man? Oh, Eric. Hey, nice to meet you. What's your last name? Johnson. Okay. Mental note. A couple minutes in. EJ, good pass. Right now, all of a sudden, we're at nickname level. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. All of a sudden, we're like boys a little bit more. And all the rest of the game, I'm calling him EJ. Okay. Didn't know that's what his nickname was, or but that's what I wanted to call him. But it put us at a more personal level from a relationship. See, these are skills, little, little tactics, little hacks, right? That can have someone. We speak as we continue down the relationship thing. We also push our staff members and the people we work with to graduate to the role of the banker. This is where you got to be. Okay. And I think about from a hair industry perspective, bankers are so valuable in the salon. And what a banker is see, bankers are familiar with other people's gold, right? Think about traditional banking. Everybody would go to the banker. Okay. They would know where you work, Tony. They knew where you work, Corey. They knew how much money you had. They knew how many dependents you had. Like they know about each person as you would go into the bank and visit the banker. Bankers are individuals who have high levels of understanding of each person's gold mine and then go out of their way to bridge the connection of others. Okay. So I think back to my bartending days when I was going through college this little strategy wasn't phrased this way, but it was one that I remember doing quite often because I remember saw one of my mentors tell me, if you can get your bar guests interacting with each other, it will double your income. And I was like, why? How? And it makes perfect sense because if you can get them interacting with each other, they will stay longer and drink more. Okay. It's very simple, right? From a bartending standpoint. Secondly, it will free you up from having to lead the conversation yourself, right? The best bar is the one where the the patrons are conversing and having fun with each other while you get to just kind of oversee it. In the similar fashion, the best work environments is when, you know, if you can, you know, they always say, this is a great locker room guy in sports or a great locker room girl, right? Great in the locker room. They're describing bankers. They're describing people that go out of their way to connect each other and like, Oh, Corey, you like fishing? Oh, man. Did you know Mike likes fishing also? Y'all need to connect. Man, get together, right? Like, you're sitting in a hair salon, right? I'm cutting. All of a sudden, I I hear this, and I know this person's got this, and that guest has that. And all of a sudden, I'm connecting everyone. Now, Matt, I am fueling community. I am bringing together. I'm not just being great relationship. I'm now building this collective whole to be closer from a relationship standpoint when I embrace the role of the banker. So, We teach and celebrate that with our athletes. Be the banker, right? Don't just settle on like learning about that. Go and try to find the connection. And if you can just start interconnecting your team with all these cool gold mines, it it creates this green team that is special. It is so, so special. And it's not just community, but you're actually, you're creating culture. Yeah. 
right? Right. The bankers are the ones that are creating the culture and they're, they're, they're running it. And now all of a sudden you've be, you, you are inadvertently in a leadership role. You know, it might not be the leadership role where you always have to put the salt, but you know, it's a leadership role to where, you know, people look to you and come to you for, for whatever, really. That's yeah. I mean, right. you know, if, if leadership is influence, right. then we all have it. Okay. You know, we don't all have the same title. So our responsibilities within leadership may differ from one person to the next, but we all have it. Okay. Um, it's just simply influence. And, you know, one of my mentors has a great line, you know, you've developed a great culture when the individuals in it start becoming producers of it, not just consumers of it. Okay. And we say that with the players that we work with. So I'll, I'll teach lessons and I'll, I'll teach the going for the gold and we'll do this whole exercise. And, and I know we're going heavy on this one theme today as I keep bringing it up. But like, for example, when we do the going for the gold, we'll pair people off with people they don't know like that. We give them three minutes and we create a competition. They've got to uncover as many pieces of gold as possible in three minutes or less. Okay. With someone they don't know like that. I tell them, don't get discouraged if they ask a couple of questions and then there's not a shared connection. Don't get discouraged. I use the illustration of if a miner, gold miner, went down a path looking for gold and there was no gold, gentlemen, let me ask you, what would you tell that gold miner to do? Go down a different path. That's it. That's it. Go down a different path. So we tell our athletes, like, hey, you know, if you try to build a relationship and there was no connection right there out of the gate, don't get discouraged. Just go down a different path. Okay. Because there could be a huge piece of gold waiting for you and that person right over here. Right. A lot of people just like, oh, I don't really know him like that. Yeah. I didn't really, we didn't really hit it off well. You know, we didn't have an immediate connection. So who cares? There could be a great connection waiting for you down another path. Keep building, searching for gold. So we'll do this little three minute little exercise dynamite, right? Because people will uncover like 15 pieces of gold in three minutes, which is such a great reminder that we are more alike than we are different with each other, which is always important to remember. Okay. We've got more in common than we do apart. So this little going for the gold though, like when we can get our players, when I teach them this, okay, that's cool that I'm teaching. I want you taking notes and you're taking it in and you're hitting it. Okay. Yeah. That's catchy. Oh, I can see how that works. That's all cool. But man, the moment you go from just consuming what I'm telling you, just listening for what, and you go and start producing it. Now our culture's growing green. Now we're in a money place. Now there's some special here. And same in the, the workplace, right? Like if, it, if everything you do in the workplace has to be led from the top, it's just not going to grow at the speed that it could, okay? It's going to be too much heavy lifting at those on the top. It's not fair to those at the top because they've got to worry about their own personal responsibilities, let alone now I have to help guide you and everything as well and help carry you and everything. No, at some point, you've got to start taking that as an employee, and start leading it yourself in the workplace. It can't just be all at the top. And that's the shift, the producing, the consuming shift. What a game changer. That's amazing. I'm totally like going, like I can, I can, I can see it happening in a salon. You know, I can see even if like you're a first year hairdresser or an assistant or, or whatever, like, like once once you have your own accountability and once you can start leading by, by leading yourself, you're, you're automatically a leader. Yeah, right. and we open it up with consuming and producing, right? I mean, you know, when 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 you know, a lot of times young people they, it, they're consuming, right? It's all because mm-hmm. it's about me, and then you know, somehow as as they start to uh, buy in or believe in this something, and, and and you know, or as you get older, you know, then you start producing because then it's becomes about you know other other people or like you said, you know own it lead it up yourself you know what i mean and and especially as an employee by doing that you're going to be uh more relevant with with the leadership in in that salon because they're going to recognize that you know what you're owning this you're you're leading yourself to where our ultimate goal is at right and and so you're going to you're going to have this big old spotlight shine on you it's interesting go ahead adam I was going to say, you know, and and here's the game changer. Here's the game changer. My guests, all your listeners here have never spent time. um, And this is not a knock on your listeners. 
It's the reality that no one talks about this, okay? Period. Like, no one ever talks about this. We spend a significant amount of time talking about followership. We all know about leadership, right? We talk about it all the time. In the workplace, we talk about leadership. We talk about it in sports all the time. Leadership, right? We never talk about followership. Our definition of followership is one's performance level as a follower. Now, that's even more foreign. No one talks about performance level as a follower. Would you all agree on that? Like, this is a very I'm, foreign, I'm, like... I'm, I'm kind of lost, though. So how, so how are you defining follow, following, fo, fo, help me out. Followership. See, exactly. Followership. Exactly. exactly. This is a foreign word, right? Right. right. So so how, how are you defining followership... At, as opposed to leadership, like you said, yeah, we've talked about leadership, but, but if I'm in followership, like, like, like what's my role? Great question. The, the reality is everyone plays both roles. It's a thing called rotational leadership. Okay. And rotational leadership is this ongoing, constantly changing relationship between leader and follower that changes day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute. And I'll say it again. It is the ongoing, constantly changing relationship between leader and follower that changes day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute. The reality is we all play both roles. Corey, you could own the salon. On paper, you are the leader, okay? When you give direction to your team, they are following. You're now leading, they are following. The moment one of them gives some feedback or replies to your initiation, you now are listening, they are talking, you essentially are following, they are leading. Think about it on a text chat. I prompt a text, I'm leading the conversation. The moment someone replies back, I'm now following, listening, taking their advice, guidance, all that. The reality is everyone in the workplace plays both roles, leader or follower, regardless of title, okay? In order to change the entire environment though, we need to make sure we're performing at a high level as a follower. Because when we do, it increases the leadership. And so often in workplaces, the reason that we have challenging workplaces oftentimes is because the people are difficult to lead. Think about it, right? You've had people over the years that are challenging to lead. They get defensive. They take things personal. They're uncoachable. They're unapproachable. They are moody. They're up and down. All these different things. They are challenging to lead. Well, we say there's three levels to being a great follower. The red, going back to the green team, right? Green, grays, and reds. Reds in the workplace are challenging to lead. Gentlemen, have you ever had someone who you would say would be challenging to lead over the years. Uh, a bazillion percent. Yeah. A bazillion percent. Absolutely. So, so then we say, okay, that's unacceptable, right? What are people that are challenging to lead They're, As I mentioned, defensive, uncoachable, selfish, all these different things, right? Okay. So then we want to move to a place where you're easy to lead. That's gray. Okay. Most people say, okay, that, that sounds good. They're easy to lead. They go with the flow. They will take coaching and critique. Um, they, you know, they do what they're told to do. They're easy to lead. Now, in today's world, most people think that's, that's the level to be at. That's, that's the highest level. But there's not. There's another level. And when we get to this level of followership, it changes the environment. This next level is what we call enjoyable to lead. I'm talking, this is a challenge for people to completely shift their mindset. If you're an employee at a hair salon and I ask your boss, would they say you are enjoyable to lead? Think about what we say when we say that. Think about the word enjoy. It simply means to put joy in somebody. Are you such an amazing person to lead that I get filled with joy from leading you? Think about that. This is crazy. This is next level stuff. Like, you are so special as an employee, as, as someone to follow, that I'm filled with joy because of it. That is crazy. And, and the reality is, if we can get people to become enjoyable to lead, it grows leadership. Because it is such a joy to lead people that are enjoyable to lead, which means you will get more leadership. You will lead more often, more frequently, and better. Because every time you do, you just love it because they respond so well. We tell the people, employees, five ways. To become a better follower. Thank the leader. Thank him. Hey, Corey, man, I appreciate that. Hey, thank you for looking out for me. Thank you. You know, they thank you a lot. 
Well, I'm going to stop you there and just say, Adam, thank you for this conversation because you got Tony and I on edge. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm, 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 I appreciate that. Hopefully this is valuable. Um, it's valuable for me whenever I teach it and, and when I constantly think about it. The second is they show appreciation to the leader. So we always want the leader to show love to us. We never show love back to the leader. Okay. We never say, Hey, you know, thank you for all you do here. You know, just, I just want you to know, I don't know if people say it, but you're, you're really driving a really healthy thing here. And I, I, we love all that you're doing. We just want to encourage you to keep it going. Right. Like, thanks for the donuts on Saturday. You know, all those little things you do. I just, man, keep it going. That's the second thing. Here's the third thing. Okay. They give energy back to the leader. I'm sure y'all have some employees that like, literally just like kind of drain you a little bit like their energy their vibe is just kind of blah almost lifeless okay I know in the young world of sports with young athletes there are many athletes that are like so blah that I'm like hello are you awake like is everything okay like hello speak up talk right like there's no life to you man great followers bring energy back to the leader okay here's the fourth thing They show a hunger for more learning. They ask questions. They want to learn. They go back to the leader and they say, hey, can you tell me more? Hey, I know you mentioned earlier about, you know, cutting this way. Like, I just have a couple more questions. I'm really fascinated by that. And all of a sudden they ask you more questions. That literally lights up a leader. When the people they're trying to lead shows that hunger, it's like, oh, really? Like when people ask me, when an athlete asks me after a lead them up session to explain one of the concepts greater, I'm like, hello. Okay. Good. Like, and here's the fifth thing. Well, you know, buy buy in. Hold on. Let me interrupt you for one sec. I'm sorry, Adam. But buy in does that, right? Like, like as a leader, at the end of the day, all you're trying to do is get them to buy into some concept or something. So once you get some kind of interaction and you get some kind of play from that, now you're like, I've got buy in, you know, which is the whole reason why you're doing it in the first place. Sorry, Adam. You got me excited, bro. and And it validates what you've been doing. But right, it gives you some validation, like, okay, I'm doing the right thing because they're interested, they're buying in, they're wanting more. But once again, that produces more joy in you as the leader, yeah. right? They, so, so, and I'll get to it in a second. Here's the fifth thing. They show growth. You essentially, you see growth in them over the years. So I want you to think about from an, uh, an employee perspective, a coworker perspective, right? Over the course of a year, man, they thank you constantly. They encourage you in return. They've got an energy and a vibe that, I mean, just brings energy into the room. They're always showing a hunger for more learning. And they show growth. Like you literally can, you know, you, you like look back over the year and they've shown so much growth. And then I were to ask you, Corey, and say, hey, Corey, tell me about your experience leading that person. All of a sudden, Corey, you say, oh, what a joy. They've been such a joy to work with. They've been such a joy to lead. They've been such a joy. Essentially, their behavior as a follower produced joy in you. What they don't realize is as they were following, they were actually leading you to be your best. You see, the difference maker is when we become great followers, we're actually leading from a follower position. Okay, we're leading up. We're always, we think the leadership is up here and we lead down, but we're leading up and it builds that rotational leadership and it changes the culture when everybody embraces this role of being a great follower. So in in the sports world, when you're dealing with young people specifically, more often than not, I'm over here, got printers coming, paper coming out of the printer here. (laughs) Um, In the sports world, and it doesn't just stop there, but it's really prevalent there. When you have teams that lack leadership, it is often not because we lack individuals in the group who want to be leaders. That's not the case. In fact, it's the opposite. I think most athletes want to do right by coach. They want to be that leader that coach wants them to be. They they want to step up and do that. They don't, though, because every time they try to lead the people, the people never want to be led. And they get to the point where they say, this just isn't worth it. They throw in the towel. They become a mediocre leader, not because of their heart, but because of the people they're trying to lead. So when we can flip the entire environment that says every single one of us, because of that rotational leadership, 
every single one of us is actually a follower at some point. No one's leading 100% of the time. So we need to make sure in this room, in this office, in this salon, we perform at a high level as both a leader and a follower because you play both roles. That's followership. It changes the game, gentlemen. It changes the environment. I love that because so many, so many people might think, uh, you know, f- being a follower or a followership is, has a negative connotation. You know what I mean? They look at it like, oh, that's not me. I'm my own man. I, I do my right. own thing. You know what I mean? And uh, it just has a negative, uh, like I said, connotation to 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 the word follower. I think can we explore that a little bit? Because I think that I think I think you're you're spot on, right? But it, it not, there's no but. Either you're a follower or it's followship. And if you're a follower, I think you're kind of like that gray character, right? That's just like, because, you, because you're no longer proactive. And I think what Adam's trying to say is that at, with followership, you're a proactive member in this relationship, as right. opposed to being a follower where you're living in the gray, just kind of like, boop, 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 Right. It, but most people, I think they're looking at it, it's one or the other. You know what I mean? And, and not both, because you do li- live in both worlds. Preach. You know what I mean? So it's, it's not one or the other. And, and, you know, we always say people do the best with what they know. Okay. Which is why we should always extend grace. And as a leader, we should always look to ourselves that when our teams aren't leading the way or performing the way that it's probably more of an indictment on us than on them. Cause they're just doing the best with what they know. Now, if you are fully confident that you've explained it, shared it, taught it, coached it, all that, and they still aren't getting it now it's on them, but more often than not, it's on us, okay? So when I think about, to your point, Tony, both y'all nailed it. I think most people from a follower perspective, there is a negative stigma on it. Don't be a follower, be a leader. Oh, he's just a follower, right? It's always negative. But yes, it moves the follower from this passive role where I'm just kind of taking instruction, doing what's told and giving them a healthy responsibility and letting them play in the game, Okay having them understand that there's a role to play from your current position. The reason I say they do the best with what they're now, what they know, I just don't think it's been taught. I don't think it's been coached. I don't think they've been instructed that, Hey, even in this role of, you know, I'm a new employee. I don't have much to, I don't have much say here. I don't have much influence here. I'm just going to show up and do my job. No, that's not really it. That's not really it. I actually think you could change the whole dynamic. If you performed at a great followership and, and yes, there will be pockets of moments where you leave because of rotational leadership, but you can drive your leaders to another level, essentially lead them to another level from your role as a follower. It changes the game. Mm. It changes the game. I I, I also think, and Adam, Adam, I kind of want to talk this through a little bit, but like the better you are at followership, then the better you'll be at leadership. Right. Because you've already played the role, you know, and, 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 and even if you're young, if you're a first year, if you're a first year stylist or fifth year stylist or, or even into to salon ownership, like you said, you have to you, you will play all those roles. So if you can kind of master the follow it, I'm never going to get this. The following <laughs> followership, if you can if you can master the followership role, then just automatically you become a leader. Yeah, well followership. You're absolutely right. We're going to keep saying this until it is firmly established in you, Corey. You're absolutely right because it marinates in selflessness and humility. Boom. You can't be a great follower performing that followership unless you are humble, right? Because you think you know it all. You, oh, I've got all these years of experience. I can't, you know, you can't teach me anything. I don't already know all that stuff, right? You've got this arrogance. You won't be a great follower. And you have to be looking at the other person, thanking them, appreciating them, giving energy back to others. So it's a selflessness and humility that is just what followership marinates in. And if you can get those two things down, you're probably going to be a pretty good leader. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's, once again, it's different, right? People haven't heard that phrase. And we always talk leadership, but, you know, the reality is, I could teach people leadership, 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 leadership. But if the people they keep trying to lead don't want to be led, if they're challenging to lead, it almost it doesn't almost doesn't matter how good of a leader you are. Okay. 
And, and the reason we went this approach in the athletic space, let's take like high school athletics, for example, you've got a group of players that are challenging to lead. Think about it. Even the coach over 20 years of coaching experience of leadership, even they struggle to lead some of these young people. Okay. So how the heck am I going to get a 16 year old who's never like, who's at the beginning stages, right? Only lifting with five weights on the leadership bar. Okay. They are not strong as a leader at all. How am I going to get that kid to lead these folks where the 20 year veteran coach is struggling to lead them? Right. Well, okay. Let me take a different approach. Why don't we just get everyone to understand that they need to be better led, be more willing to be led, perform better as a follower. Now, all of a sudden, it'll change. Now, all of a sudden, that 16 year old will, you know, they will have a better time because we teach this theme called Thank the Passer. Every time someone tries to lead you, regardless of the content. So, so in a hair salon, someone tries to leave you, lead you and give you a little coaching tip on how to cut or whatever. Regardless of the content, you need to thank the passer, the pass. Anytime someone delivers leadership from them to someone else, we call it a pass, hence the sports theme, right? Okay, in sports and football, receivers should thank the quarterback. And if you thank the quarterback and get in good with the quarterback, you'll get more passes. Okay, same with the leader. If you thank the passer, thank that leadership, you'll get more leadership. And what you're doing is you're not thanking them for the content. You're thanking them for the courage, okay? When I try to, if I'm in your salon and I try to coach you up on how to cut a little differently, even if you disagree with my piece of advice, you should thank me because I at least had the courage to care enough to give you some advice. So you just gotta say, oh, you know, I never thought about that. Hey, I appreciate that. Good looking out. Because when we thank the passer, we encourage them, hence we put courage in them to do more of it. Where we don't thank the passer or we say, ah, you know, I've, I've, I've been doing it this way, I'm good, right? We, we shut them down. We now discourage. Think about the word dis, D-I-S. It means to be far from. Think about the word distant, far from. When you discourage someone, you took that little bit of courage they had in them to reach out to you and you pulled it away. Now it is far from them. You've shut down the leader, okay? We even say even a neutral response is a negative response in the eye of the passer. So if you're neutral, you don't say anything to their leadership. Or if you shut it down and you're negative, those are both negative. The only way to respond when someone tries to lead you is by thanking them. Thank the passer. You evaluate later if the content is what you want to incorporate in your life. Now, I just want to thank you for having my back and caring enough. We teach that concept of thank the passer. It changes the game, right? We get that culture, right? We tell our athletes, if you see one of your teammates, you know, shut down another teammate when they try to lead, don't. Tell them, hey, you need to thank the passer, okay? We've got so many little lessons that build momentum, that builds momentum around followership. Mm, dude, listen, we're almost at an hour, Adam. Like, just like that, it flew by. Dude, we have to have you back. This is incredible. It really is. I mean, I, I am so inspired right now. Um, Adam, I want to back up a little bit in your journey. Like, like, how did you find this? Like, how did you find, how did you, what was your journey to kind of like, find your passion in this? I mean, clearly you're passionate about this. I mean, what, what was that journey like? Where, where were you and, and what was your, what was your awakening that this was your, that this was your path? Yeah. You know, I think like most people, it doesn't come in an instant moment, right? It's not like this, like epiphany where you wake up one day, it's, it's a process. It's a gradual process. Um, you know, I mean, all the way back from when I was around the age where you all kind of when I first met you guys, you know, I was into everything and anything, right? Drugs, you name it, right? Getting in a lot of trouble. I was on probation and, and was one strike away. I was only 20. So I was one strike away. And that strike could have been something as small as like a drinking citation at a party. So I was really like on thin ice to having to do six months in jail. Okay. And I made a big decision at that point to move out of my mom's house in Germantown. My mom and my dad, you know, didn't live, you know, were divorced and my dad lived about 25 minutes north, and I decided to move out of my mom's house into my dad's. My dad's strong faith-based uh, house, 
the things I was engaging in, I wouldn't be continuing in. And it was far enough away that I just couldn't have going out and, and kicking it with friends wasn't as easy, right? It was a little further out. Um, but I ended up moving in with my dad when I was 20. And just the presence of being in that house. And, um, you know, I ended up kind of, you know, giving my life to the Lord and really committing to my faith a few years later. And, you know, I think that speaks to what Tony was saying earlier, you know, the big shift in me was just the slow move of like, you know, not living for me, but living for others. Right. And, and for me, I think, you know, the way faith has played a role in my life is that when you begin to live for the Lord, it's the ultimate living for somebody else. Okay. It's like, I'm not just going to do things the way I want to do it, how I want to do it, when I want to do it. I'm going to like try to live my life in accordance to his teaching, his guidance. And, and then naturally when you do that, you know, the fruits of that spirit, the fruits of that relationship just helps you want to do it for humans, for people, right? And like for those, our neighbors and things like that. So there was a slow shift from a faith standpoint, but then sports related, I was having some success with my original podcast network. If you remember that Corey ball hogs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which by the way, a little side note, just a little humble brag here. <laughs> We were podcast networking. We had podcast networks before that became a thing. Right. Corey, you followed that podcast journey for quite a while. We were actually ahead of our time, too far ahead of our time. Think about it. We had a full-fledged podcast network in 2009. Wow. We had 10 shows with a 1,500-square-foot studio with a corporate sponsor. Now there's there's these networks all over the place, right? And we had that in 2009, man. I, I joke with my wife. I'm like, we missed it. We were too early. <laughs> Apple didn't even have the podcast app on the homepage. We had to tell people what a podcast was. We missed it. We missed the boat. Anyways, I <laughs> uh, started having some success with that and started getting invited to speak to teams and athletes and, and schools just to share our success story. Um, and then I went back to my old high school back in 2015 did a little talk right at the beginning, you know, the summer, the coach asked me if I'd come and talk to the team, just about success and habits and mindset. And he said, Adam, that was great, man. The kids were all in. Is there any way we could get you every week? And he basically asked me if I'd be their leadership coach. We had no idea what that would look like. And each week I would just spend an hour with all 60 kids. They were handed over to me every Tuesday at five o'clock. And each week I would just sit there and try to figure out how do I hit them? How do, what do I teach them today that sticks? How can I present it in a way that's memorable, portable, all that stuff. And man, just each week, you know, just kind of listen, God's bless you all with the ability to do your craft. Okay. Right. You know, everyone has, has certain gifts. I, I think God's kind of given me a gift of connecting, of presenting, of creativity, you know, creative, having this sense of creativity, to like create concepts that, that kind of stick and all that. And I'm just thankful, right? Just a lot of these ideas and these concepts just kind of come and then we begin to test them and, you know, we use them with the team and I'm like, ah, it didn't hit enough. Nah, it needs tweaking, right? Uh, you know, then you just keep building. So it's a pro- it was a process, guys. Um, and here we are, five years in, uh, we've got 2,500 teams uh, working with a lot of corporations, a lot of businesses. We just launched a classroom edition where, um, you can now use Lead em Up starting 21, 2022 school year in the classroom. We piloted it last year with four schools in North America. So we're rolling. Yeah, it's good. Dude, dude, you know, it's like, it, it, it's so special to see someone that, that you've uh, known t- to create something like this. I mean, it's really, dude, my hat's off to you. I'm, I'm, I'm your dad and they got to be proud of you. I mean, what a, what a journey. What, what you know, to, I can't, I mean, I, let's stick with his dad for a little bit because we were there early on, right? Like we knew how much of a knucklehead Adam was, you know? And, 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 and I remember you, even on the football field, I remember you kind of talking about your dad and just, I mean, always with respect, let me be clear, but always with respect and, and, and just to kind of watch where, there were times where he's had, and as a parent, there's times where you have a, where you have the conversation with yourself, like, how do I get through to him? And now to kind of fast forward now and like, you know, all those, all those gotten through is creating something special. 
and creating something special for everybody else. I mean, you know, uh, Adam McRaven, uh, Admiral McRaven, he did the speech um, to Texas about, you know, how, how can we change the world? You know, and how we change the world is one person at a time. And his dad is kind of in that role, right? Like, like you know, through whatever, I got through to Adam and now Adam's changing the world. Yeah, and great. We created a theme off of that, actually. It's called The Corner. It's called The Corner. And we off always of Admiral McRaven? Not off that one, off my dad. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I do know, I do know the video you're, you're talking about. It's shared a lot on social, I think. Um, doesn't he talk about making his bed? Or is that That's that it. One? That's the make the bed. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. But for my dad, we call it The Corner. And it's a little piece of just inspiration and just um, perspective for the leader. And it says that, the corner is always near. The corner is always near. And essentially what that means is that when you're trying to lead people, we don't know when they're going to turn the corner, but as a leader, you need to always believe it's near. Okay. And it provides this hope and just this inspiration that when you're trying to reach people and, and you're struggling to, and you feel like they're not getting it and they continue in their old habits and they continue with their old mindset and they keep doing it. And you're just like, the corner's always near. It's near. And, and for, with my dad, he may never have thought that phrasing of it. Okay. But it played out true for him. He, you know, he continued to push and he never wavered. Right. Even when I would be like, dad, man, I don't care about hearing that stuff, man, get out of here. And I was so anti-faith. Like, let's talk just that for, he would always, you know, talk scripture to me. And, and I hated that stuff. I'd be like, dad, I, honestly, dad, not to be rude, I could care less, save it, right? That's how I was, right, at the time, as y'all can probably envision as that 20-year-old, like, not trying to hear it, but he kept going, and the reality was the corner was near. It was near. I mean, happened around 21, 22, like, it was near, and same with us in the workplace, right? Like, you, you may have individuals, employees that you're trying to lead, and you're just frustrated or, you know, just discouraged that they're not progressing. Just keep pushing. Keep fighting. They're hearing it right? It may, you don't, you don't know when, but it's probably closer than you think. Mm. What, um, these techniques that you teach and stuff, uh, how are you using it? You know, not only as a, as a spouse, but also as a father. Oh, well, first off, if, if the lessons that I teach can be understood by my six-year-old, I'm happy with it. Okay. We always want to go to the most complicated levels of lessons because we want to go deep on it, okay? And we sometimes just miss the, the, the bulk of it. We miss it, right? Like, I know in the world of, like, in, in the faith world, like, there's a lot of people that want to go deep in their faith, but yet they can't even love their neighbor right, okay? Like, the, the, the absolute basic of it, okay? For us, I share these lessons with, with my girls, and they get it. They also see me because they come on sessions with me and they see me lead, right? The green team, oh my gosh, my six-year-old talks about that all the time. When the one cat <laughs> fights the other cat in our house, she'll be like, Wendy's being red again, right? <laughs> like they get it, they get it. And, and she understands, right? And, you know, sugar and salt in marriage, oh my gosh. That's an everyday thing, right? Sugar and salt with... You know, my wife will forget to get her oil changed in the car, okay? I'm tempted to want to go heavy salt, but I probably shouldn't, right? <laughs> Babe, how many times I got to tell you, you got to get your oil changed? But no, like I need to think about the timing, right? I need to think about other factors, right? Some of the things we teach about sugar and salt, we call them guidelines to help you incorporate the perfect recipe. Timing, uh, she's had a bad day. Maybe I shouldn't hit her with salt right now, right? She's had a rough day, maybe sugar. Right. Maybe I just ignore that. I just lead with sugar right now. She needs that. Okay. So like, I mean, once again, this is life stuff. But once again, when you become better people, you become better athletes, better employees, better leaders, all that. So these are just life stuff that just happen to translate. We just teach it in a way that sticks. Yeah. When you're better people, you're better people. So, so how can our listeners find out more about lead them up? Yeah, well, if they're still with us on today's podcast, through the end, um, just go to leademup.com. Um, you know, that's just obviously our homepage. You send an email there, it'll come to our team. I'll see it. Um, and then, you know, you can just follow us on social media uh, at leademup. It's pretty much the, the domain everywhere. 
and uh, anything we can ever do. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, we build special teams, not by building the team, but by building the people. And, and the reality is we all play on the team somewhere, some way, right? Very few solo entrepreneurs who don't rely on anybody, okay? Very few of them. So everything we talk about is applicable, regardless of the industry, regardless of the space. Um, that's why I told my wife today, I was coming on this podcast and she knows now, but let, there'd be a lot of people be like, lead them up on a hair industry pod. Like, how does that make sense? I'm like, do they have teams? Are they trying to create something special within their workplace? Are they trying to build a business? Like this, it all applies. It all applies. Mm-hmm. So thanks for the opportunity guys. Adam, dude, if I haven't said it lately, I love you, man. I appreciate (laughs) you you so much. Um, Thank you very much. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for giving us time. Thank you very much for joining us on your day off. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find... Actually, you can. You can find their music on um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>